Welcome to Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Melly. This episode, we have a great pair of guests from Tracksmith's Hair AC team in the studio to talk about their incredible performances at this year's Berlin Marathon. Jeff Silas was the third American male across the line with a pers- big personal best of 220.56, and Emma was the second American woman at 237.05, qualifying for the Olympic trials in the process. Both of them ran three-plus-minute PRs, and both have really interesting stories of how the races played out and how they found the marathon success that they did. We also asked them for advice for our co-host this week, Drew Hartman, and his first marathon. Wasn't all serious stuff, though. We also covered bad Uber rides, whether candy corn is delicious or disgusting, and Emma and I got way too excited about our common love of the Fast and Furious movies. Hope you enjoy the episode and stay tuned for more fall running fun in the weeks to come. Don't forget to do the usual social media stalking. And until next time, this is Run Your Mouth. professional operation and that's fine that's cool. so cool. if i drink my beer will it no that, that'll be totally fine make sure you just lean in real testing all right yeah solid very on brand for the podcast welcome to run your mouth long run talk with long talking runners i'm your host david melly and we have our first audience in a while um this is very exciting so the it may be a little noisier than a couple past episodes but it will also be just that much more vibrant and authentic um we have a great episode for you guys Uh, my co-host this evening is the very talented drew hartman how are you drew i'm doing well i'm doing better after that introduction thank you talented and i didn't even specify what you were talented at like it's right it could be running it could be podcasting he does it all just, it could be could totally be, useless to anything that we're trying true. to do. But. but it could be a triple threat. <laughs> what is the third thing? I just, I running know, and podcasting are the two things. Well, What's the third thing? Uh, the way that you laughed at it, I don't think there is a third at that point. So. Aww, oh, no. So. We'll find it. Being a cutie. That's no. your third thing. <laughs> um, and our guests this week are fresh off, fresh or maybe not so fresh off, uh, the, the Berlin Marathon uh, out there in Germany this fall. Um, we have two Tracksmith Hair AC runners with us, Jeff Silas and Emma Spencer. Welcome aboard, guys. Thanks. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. How is How are the legs feeling, first of all? <laughs> Post-marathon, I guess it was what? It's like three, two or three weeks ago? A little over two. Two, two and a half. half. Yeah. yeah. Not bad. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, just trying to keep it as easy as possible for the, the rest of this week. Are you back to, like, real running, or, like, you just kind of just hanging out? Like This week feels almost like real running. The past two weeks definitely weren't. There was a lot of yoga-ing and walking around with the dog. Yeah. Okay, that's, like, cross-training, kind of, basically. Yeah. Jeff, what about you? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm getting there. I think uh, it, it took everything I had to be smart with my training before the race, so... I might have been making a few questionable decisions since then, but um, I think uh, being in Europe afterwards actually helped the recovery a lot just because there's so much to do, so much to see. Um, so essentially just walking around every day, I think really, really sped up the recovery. I should point out that like you're making dumb decisions isn't like being like lazy or reckless. No, it's, like, it's, it's like literally it's running. It's, it's like yeah. running every day, doing my long run a little more. <laughs> yeah. Being ambitious all around. All around, yeah. I will say this: so the week after, the Sunday after the race, um, I joined my friend for her long run workout because I was just so excited to run with people. And uh, you know, you start a workout with someone, and they really, you know, like the company, so you just keep going. And I got home and was like, I'm not moving for the rest of the day. <laughs> Never gonna walk again. Yeah. I know, like, well, I know people in Boston say like their quads are like the worst part. Like, what, what? like really kills yeah that that's totally it and like I I want an explanation why like that's definitely um something that even when my legs felt recovered when I would finish a run up that is that's what would be aching is the quads for me interesting yeah yeah for me I flew I didn't stay in Boston in Berlin for too long after the race so I flew home on Tuesday and my entire like 
hamstringed a calf just completely seized up from sitting on the plane. <laughs> I wish I could blame the race, but it was mostly the sitting. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. That I flew from, to Japan last fall, and like that, the 13-hour plane ride was like my body recover to spend like 20, full 24 hours, like just recovering from the plane. But yeah, do you, I guess we can start off like super uh, serious and straightforward and just go with like, do you want to um, give us like a brief little recap of how the race went for you guys? Um, Emma, you want to start us off? Sure. Um, so for the first probably 15 miles of the race, I felt like I was having a terrible day. <laughs> I remember going through like 10K and I was like, oh, this isn't going to be good. Like it was just the pace I wanted to go out at which I thought was conservative, felt harder than um, I had expected it to. You know, I was expecting to feel really comfortable for the first 10 miles of the race, and six miles in, it definitely felt hard. Um, so I just tried to kind of focus in on mile by mile and just stay in the general pace range that I wanted. Um, went through the half, and I was probably 45 seconds slower than I had planned to be. Um, not that you can really have a exact target time in the marathon but once you have that time in your mind you you know know exactly what the pieces are to get there um so I just was feeling you know a little warm it was a little warm out and um just not quite as good as I had hoped and I hit the 15 mile mark and started to feel a little bit better and didn't really notice it for a few miles um but started to kind of trade off miles with this uh Spanish guy and uh, that kept me going till the 20 mile mark and then something clicked and I just mentally it felt a lot easier I I think I was feeling like okay you know I have 10k to go that's manageable that's fine that's you know 40 minutes or whatever um and the last 10k I felt awesome and uh passed a bunch of people um at one point I thought I was on pace to run like low 236 and then with 2K to go, I realized I was on pace to run, like, just over 237. So the last 2K, I was just, like, booking it as hard as I could. And I was like, my body can't go any faster. Um, but, like, I want to try to get under that 237 mark. Um, didn't quite make it. I was five seconds over. Uh, but I was at least proud that I had something. Um, I had a reason to push really hard at the end because it can be so easy the last, you know, 400 meters of a marathon to be like, ah, I can see the finish. I'm going to run generally in this range. Uh, I'll just kind of jog it in. Um, so I was glad to finish strong and uh, get a three and a half minute PR. Yeah. Congrats. That's Thanks. like totally awesome. Um, qualified for 2020 trials. So mm -hmm. that's exciting. Um, I, so I will say listening to your recap of the race, um, you spoken like someone who has run many marathons before, I think. Um, how, so how many marathons total have you done? Uh, this was my eighth. Eight. Yeah, I feel like the as someone who has never run a marathon or even close to a marathon, the concept of like going out and for like half the race not feeling good and like still like not having that dictate your whole race is like something that only time will tell. It's really wild to know going into it that you're going to have parts of the race where you feel good and parts of the race where you feel bad and like needing to have that like emotional distance from what you're feeling in the moment and just like waiting it out it's most of the race it's I think it's just waiting incredibly it out. well said like yeah. so hard to put into words like what you go through like just what like you experience the out there first 400 and the third 400 of a mile it. I totally <laughs> know what you guys exactly <laughs> and I was reading You'll your, be <laughs> your Strava recap of it your morning didn't start out as planned this is true. If you, I mean, this could be a poor thing to, to go into. It seemed like it was a little... <laughs> no. Jarred. Let's go there. It's good. Let's, go Let's do there. it. Let's, Let's do, do it. Man. You know, I hate to be... You don't want to be negative, and you don't want to start off your race recap being negative, especially when you run a PR, because then people think you're just complaining. But, yeah, it was wild. I was staying at an Airbnb, and I um, hopped in an Uber to get to the start, uh, and... You know, I don't speak German, but the guy spoke English, and I pointed to the map where I wanted to go, and I, you know, said, let's go south into the tier garden, because um, all the roads are blocked off for the marathon, and he goes, 
completely the other direction and just goes north of the tier garden and we're basically driving on the marathon course it's all blocked off that's what you want yeah right. yeah yeah i think that was the fastest i was going the whole day oh, was in the car yeah um Start so we end, we end up like blocked in on a road we're not supposed to be on there's like cops yelling at us so i was just like you know i'm just gonna get out in i was like across the river canal and just like walked the mile to the start from like this random neighborhood at you know seven thirty in the morning carrying my stuff. <laughs> what rating did you give him? I gave him a three. Wow. Let's, let's <laughs> dig into the rating. I don't know if I've ever given anyone a three before. Yeah. yeah. I think that's. I think tuck before your first marathon. It sounds well. It sounds like he earned a one, and you gave him a three to be yeah. nice. I thought it would be rude to give him a t- one or two, and. You know, so because you're like a traveling American, don't want to be like one of those. Yeah. Right. No, I think yeah. this, this is a real thing with Uber in general, where okay. like someone could like literally like insult your family and like drop you in a, the harbor, and you'd be like, oh, give him a four. Like, oh, yeah, four stars. They're trying. Yeah. They're out there. Yeah. I don't want him to be mad at me. Right. <laughs> the overhead. They're not making that much on this ride. Four. Yeah. yeah. And even if you don't, I don't know if they see the rating you give them. I actually have no idea. Mm. But I feel like they know. You know? Right. Did he feel? Did he seem apologetic about no, the fact that you were no, thirty? No, not at all. Oh, yeah. two. <laughs> well, he was like indignant about the whole situation. That's another question. What do you think he gave you? As Ooh. A I mean, as an American abroad, I'm sure he docked a point for that. Okay. Okay. And yeah. then he probably gave me a three. Oh, okay. So I wasn't rude, but I wasn't friendly. Yeah, you don't want. He better give you more than a three. I feel like that's. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I should contact we'll Uber see. and ask them. Yeah, demand <laughs> you get your a full list of your ratings yeah. so you can... I, I was surprised that it's called Uber in Germany. Like, don't you think that's weird for them? Oh, like, yeah. Because yeah, Uber is literally in Germany. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought about that. That's It's just called, like, car. <laughs> <laughs> very. Over there. Yeah, just called very. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, Jeff, what about you? How did your race go? Oh, man, I had... Uh, a very different experience out there. Um, five star Uber rating. Five star Uber rating. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I had a, a great. Uh, started as a great warm up. Warm up. Uh, where my three roommates who were there with me uh, jogged over with me about a mile warm up. Uh, dropped me at the entrance. Uh, but from there, I spent about a half an hour kind of winding through the tier gardens, uh, trying to find my way to the start line. Um, I kept trying to take shortcuts, but there's fences everywhere, and uh, it was pretty wild. Also, side note, if you just want to see thousands of people lose all sense of any sort of restraint at all, go to go to a wooded area before a marathon. <laughs> You'll oh. see it all. Um, yeah, just wild stuff. Like, 10 meters away from the porta potties, just everyone's just... Yeah, full out. Doing, doing their thing. Okay. Um, I heard someone say that, if, pro tip for anyone running New York, because so the New York marathon, marathon, you start on a bridge. Right. And one of my friends that ran it said, uh, pee off the bridge. Well, they, no, they say start <laughs> in the middle if you're on the lower deck. Oh, because if oh, you stand geez. near the edge, people pee off and it like goes under. <sighs> I will say, I'm the, I was about 10 meters the back from the start still, line yeah. and I see someone, I think it was one of the pacers actually, just goes over to the side and just he's like essentially on the start line. I mean oh, that's fair. It was wild. You gotta do what you gotta um, do. It's like marking your territory when you're a pacer. You're like, I'm yeah. tired, gotta race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I heard Kipchoge did that. Yeah, they're so, like 330 like, starts now. Yeah. <laughs> As for the race though, um, I think I did a lot of standing around before the race since I, di- I didn't have like an elite bib or anything, so I wanted to make sure I could get myself as close to the front as possible. So um, but honestly right when the gun went off the adrenaline kicked in and Found my place, found my group, found my groove, and kind of went for it. Um, so I felt pretty good early on. I kind of settled into the pack with the elite women for a couple of miles. Um, and I was actually talking to the guy next to me who is um, an Australian guy running. And he mentioned how he had run the race a few times and he's, he's been in this situation. And he said, don't worry about the pack. They're going to go, they're going to surge a lot. They're not going to be consistent. So you, wanna, you really want to do your own thing. How much um, talking happens in the first? It's a twenty-six mile race, man. Oh you got it all. <laughs> it feels easy for a while, unless yeah, you're me. Yeah. yeah. Did you find it about his like his family? But I did. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're, we're Strava friends now, not oh. quite Facebook friends. Good. Well, not Strava. even Instagram. Honestly, Strava. Strava's more into it. It is. It is. Strava's but, LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, yeah. Long story short, we kind of agreed to work together. We had a similar goal, so we kind of eased back from that pack and kind of found ourselves uh, by ourselves. So, 
Um, the race evolved, we kept going, and we kind of found ourselves about 30 seconds back from this giant pack. Um, and kind of, we all settled in and kind of stayed there for a long time. So looking back, I think it would have been really helpful to have just stayed on that pack and been able to just tuck in and not worry about anything. But we ended up having to do a lot of like pushing back and forth and self-motivation. And through that middle part of the race, um, we did a lot of surging, like let's, let's try to pick off these people within the next K and kind of working our way up, trying to get to that pack, which we never ended up hitting. But I really, I felt not necessarily like perfect, but really confident for a lot of the race. Going through halfway, I was right on my pace, felt really strong, really confident. Um, even through 20 miles, like I thought I was, I was ready to even, my, my goal was to break 219, get the, the OTQ there. Um, and I thought it was gonna be well under that. And it, it was pretty crazy, like kind of the reverse switch that you felt around that point is right at the 34K mark. Um, I made a surge to try to push and uh, I just felt my right calf kind of start to shoot up a little bit as a lot of runners have felt before. Um, and within that K, kind of both calves were cramping and went up into the hamstrings and the hips. And uh, by the end of the K, like I really wasn't sure if I was even going to finish the race. So it was pretty crazy how fast you can go from everything to nothing out there. So it, it was a weird thing of being so far into the race, but having that far to go, um, that that's when the doubt really started to creep in and like had to go to those, those mental things of I'm in Europe for this, like there's people up, plugged to, plug to you guys, there's people up at like, you know, 3, 4 a.m. watching the race, like my family, my roommates are here watching me, so like let's, let's dig a little deeper for them, so um, I ultimately like didn't hit the time I was going for, but I'm like incredibly proud that I kind of like fought through those, those challenge points and, and made it through, so slipped a bit in the end, but I know there's more to give, so yeah, really happy and like fired up to get back out there. Well, it sucks because, like, you, like, so you should say, like, you PR by f almost four minutes. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you, you obviously were super fit going into it, and, and it's frustrating to, like, miss your goal, but, like, it was that thing of, like, you were, like, the stupid friggin' trial standard, like, almost, like, tarnished <laughs> it too much because, like, you, like, you ran, like, a really good race. It's only your second, like, real marathon ever, and, like, there, yeah, it's, I feel like it's the struggle of every, like, that every runner can relate to is just that idea of, like, reconciling, like, having high standards and wanting to be better and also, like, wanting to, you know, take, take the goals as they come and, and to appreciate, like, the, the good parts of all of it. I think that's, like, you're yeah. a, a, an example of that for sure. It's a crazy thing, man. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> It's a crazy sport and a crazy race, but it's funny, a couple years ago I never would have imagined I'd be running, let alone racing marathons, but it's kind of like exactly what you were just saying that kind of keeps you hungry to get after it. Really, is, it's a personal sport and even more, it's a personal race out there. Well, if you just like keep like PRing about four minutes a year, like, that's it. Only know, takes this, a couple more, and then I'll yeah. be doing big world breaks. record. And, like, <laughs> you know, to show you, come give me three more years. Yeah, I don't know if that's a if that's a welcome name on the pod. Sorry. <laughs> what did you say? You she, said, she said, "Watch out, Galen." <laughs> uh, well, yes, we can. Are we going to address this? My now in Twitter, a Twitter beef with Galen Rob. Does he use Twitter? Well, it's, it's an unrequited. Twitter beef, right? Because he hasn't like recognized. He hasn't him. acknowledged it. It's yet. like you sucker punched him on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I was just a bitch because I'm a bitch. You just, then, you just like nutshell. I don't know. Him. I, I had a tweet that was like very shady towards him. <laughs> got very popular. Absolutely hilarious. Very fast. Absolutely. Hilarious. Um, yeah. So we're in a, So my two nemeses now are Kyle Merber and Galen Rupp. So. Um, you <laughs> what did you do to Kyle Merber? Uh, he's just what did he do to him? Oh, okay. um, no, yeah. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just That's the real question. No, yeah. He did. He dropped his podcast on the same day that my podcast dropped. And, and a book like, club? Yeah, it's a book club. Alexi Poppas is in it. It's way more popular than mine. We've been in a fight ever since. Yes. So, um, you know, one of these days we're going to have the Nemesis podcast and, and Kyle and Gailey can down. both come on <laughs> oh, yeah. at the oh, same time. Yeah. Well, so the nice thing about Berlin is that literally Oktoberfest happens as soon as the Berlin Marathon is over. So how was that? <laughs> oh man, it was great. That's actually <laughs> something that I kind of flubbed up where I think I told everyone that it starts right after the race. Well, it starts was, like the week after, It was after, about right? a week yeah. off, but uh, 
It worked out well for me because um, I stuck around Berlin for a few days, and then uh, me and me and the roomies we went to Prague for a couple days to explore there, and then came back to Berlin just for one more night, and then fly out, flew out after that. But the the night we came back was when Oktoberfest started, so we did get to experience that, and it was it was great. Everything I kind of kind of pictured. A lot of stereotypes. I, I heard you years. had um, <laughs> a great Airbnb. Do you want to tell? Oh man, that? well yeah, two great Airbnbs. The first one was booked by my mom. Fantastic, like definitely a five star Love rating there. Excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah. The second one for the <laughs> did you the last night in Berlin? I did not. My yeah. roommate uh, Kevin Connors he booked that one. Okay, um, And it seemed great. Different area of the city. We'll explore. Great. Um, the night before. Uh, we get an email from her, just double check-in, making sure you guys are good for a 9 p.m. check-in. Oh. We were getting in, in in the morning, the early morning, so um, that was a little bit of a curveball. Uh, we eventually did get to the Airbnb and climbed up a few flights of stairs, go in the living room, and it turns out it was a pole dancing in, like... <laughs> teaching studio so there were about 10 just poles in the middle of the room did you did you try that <laughs> we did a little bit of self-teaching okay attempted i got a snapshot or two can confirm okay. yeah, yeah can confirm was that like on the listed amenities and oh no Airbnb? no, no. like is, hangers this shampoo, is a curveball okay yeah no this is maybe two a little like a little secret there. there yeah, yeah. Okay. wi-fi electricity no, no 14 wifi. stripper poles <laughs> <laughs> outfits not included right oh, yeah bring well, you don't need an outfit to be a stripper it's that's well you start with the outfit that's true she very, to be fair, she did yeah. clarify it was not a stripper pole. It was, it was a strip exercise. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, right? Uh, or I think that you don't necessarily like have to that. take your clothes off. You don't have to. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's more about okay. the, the form of it. But it was, you know, a lot of, lot of experiences during did the trip. Was your mom staying one with you at that point? No. Sadly, not sadly. She had taken off. Um, so that was, that was just me and the three roommates for that night. That's who you want there. It's, yeah, man. Okay. The squad is out. It sounds like a great time. <laughs> yeah. So what stripping did you do after your marathon? <laughs> exercising. Yeah. What exercise? It's a workout class. Vertical exercising <laughs> did you do? Um, very little. Okay. Uh, That's fair. And sadly, not that much beer drinking either. I was only there for two more nights, and I was also with my parents. Um, I did go out with some friends, uh the night of the race um but you know it's after a marathon and you're like super dehydrated and all you've eaten is donuts and pizza and uh so I had a couple of Rattlers which is basically like a shandy it's like lemonade and beer um which was very delicious but it's probably not like the highest quality German beer out there it's fair yeah let's sell have you had adequate festivities since coming back to Boston to celebrate yeah, I think so. All sorts of festivities. Just like seeing friends, uh, eating more donuts and drinking more beers. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Well, so you guys, so both, obviously, the results don't lie. The, the build-ups went well going into it. Um, but having a, never done myself, but observed many marathon build-ups, um, I know it's like you go a little stir-crazy somewhere in the middle there. Um, can you think of any of the, like, craziest things that you had to, like, like, I always think of, like, getting through that long run, like, you know, getting that hard workout in, like, what did you have to do to yourself to get through the hardest parts of training? Good question. Um, honestly, uh, I think having people to run with and get me through it helped a lot, like, one of my marathon crazies and... I'll stick to this workout here, but I, I had one um, questionable run where the point was just to kind of um, work the glycogen debt, so it was just to be on your feet for a long time, so uh, the goal for the race was to run 219, uh, the goal for this run was to just run for an hour more than that, um, didn't have a watch or anything, um, and my lovely, or David's lovely co-host Drew here. <laughs> Uh, I think really helped with that run. That's his third ran. talent. The third yeah. talent. There oh, you go. Yeah. Pacing. Yeah. Just being well, buddy. 
trying trying to. So you ran you ran for twenty nine miles, right? Something like yeah, that, that yeah. was the thing. Was it was supposed to be a lot less than that? I was supposed to run really slow, but we did. I think just so you know, we, we yeah, objectively did not. Uh, yeah. We yeah. just had a great you can conversation do the math going, felt good, yeah. Yeah. and then like. As well, all runners have experienced, <laughs> yeah, yeah church the long run. Yeah, Not yeah. Even everyone so has up. to run three hours every weekend. Yeah. <laughs> You come to the tracksmith, and they will everyone. not let you in if you run less than three hours. That's yeah. that's the true, right? That's facts. Yep, that's up. checks out. My my account of that run was we were supposed to go out. I think Target was around like seven twenty. So yeah, or like something seven thirty to like eight minute pace. And we were popping off like seven ten. That was the first. And one. then once in a while, I'd be like, "Hey Jeff, we're a little hot," and he's like, "I feel great," and that was my way of saying. Problem. Like, I don't feel great. <laughs> and Jeff was like, we should keep going. And then I also yeah. got a great speech from Jeff, uh, I would say about three miles before he dropped me, because uh, that happened yeah. in it. But uh, Jeff gave me a speech around Jamaica Pond on the way back and said two things. Well, you just said, you were like, hey, how are you feeling? And my response to you was, I'm thirsty and I need to poop. <laughs> and, and Jeff gave me a talk about uh, how thirst is just in my head and how bathroom breaks don't need to happen. But here's the thing. Jamaica Pond has both a water fountain and a bathroom. That's why I was voicing, I was like voicing the concern to like lightly touch on the, on the matter and be like, hey, it would be great if. But, uh, so what we did, what was accomplished through this chat was... Jeff did maybe scare the poop back into me because <laughs> uh, I did not. Jeff I did is not very scary. Sounded great, right? Oh, now. dude, I was so I was terrified. And then I looked at you while drinking water to be like, "Is this taking too long?" And then after taking a little boop of water, uh, we got back on the road and then got back to the old the old rip. But uh, yeah, super impressive to spectate and be a part of, and uh, and it also. For anyone who follows me on Strava, which is nobody, uh, <laughs> but for anyone who follows me on Strava, we'll I put get the handles in the. Uh, I get the credit for the run. That is true because he was using oh. my watch because his watch was out for repair. Oh. So people oh were like, "Oh my gosh, you ripped oh. a six minute mile, twenty mile, twenty nine miles in." I said, "Tell me more about it." Embrace <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it. So it really, although uh, it was it was a trying experience. <laughs> I mean. Digitally, I think I won. So there you go. Now. There yeah. you go. The numbers yeah. don't lie. They don't. The numbers they don't, don't lie. They might lie when they case. objectively did. Yeah. 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 I was. I have done a lot of long runs with Jeff, where like we'll drop everyone else in the run and be running way too fast, and then Jeff will be like, "Cool, I'm gonna drop you off and run five more miles <laughs> at this like tempo pace." Yeah. Um, That's what I tell you. Then just you know. Walk for half sure, hour. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> the Strava data doesn't lie. You can't hide. No, no. Did you have any deficit endeavors, like Mr. Jeff? Um, this was actually the first training cycle where I probably fueled before most of my long runs. I would say typically I just like don't really eat anything. I'll eat a goo on some of them, but most in the past most of my long runs have been glycogen deficit runs. This training cycle, I think I was too scared of my long run workouts to do that. So I ate like, you know, two goos, but then like a waffle before my run. Um, like Belgian? Oh, yeah, those little, like, yeah, uh, Stroop waffles. Um, I did a lot of uh, long runs that were blocks of like tempo, fart lick tempo, or like fart lick tempo, fart lick. So just like a little cool. sandwich. Yeah. Um, so those were pretty intimidating. I think the last one I did was like two, like five miles at marathon pace plus twenty or thirty, um, eight, six or eight by three minutes at like half marathon pace, and then another five miles at marathon pace, which just ended up being like super long. Mm -hmm. um, and that one was pretty scary going into it, but again, you just kind of like turn off your brain and like. Wait for it to be over. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Got to yeah, train the brain fair. too. Yeah, train the brain. Yeah, train the brain. Bargaining. I I feel like bargaining. Yeah, that's like <laughs> the different steps of like acceptance, <laughs> denial, yeah, really. bargaining. I've right? definitely had those runs where like you're like, well, if I can just get through like till this next turn, right. like then we'll be fine. Oh, totally. Like, yeah. yeah. 
The trick with marathon training is to get yourself somewhere where you have to get yourself home. Ooh, <laughs> I would yeah. back, baby. I mean, back that's, yeah. uh, that's the key to any good that's success. Yeah. yeah. I have a lot of what I call, like, lazy loops. Or, like, you can sort of, like, trick yourself into doing, like, most of the run before it feels like you're, like, halfway over. Mm-hmm. And then, or, or then you strand yourself out somewhere and you're like, now I have to run the five miles back. Right. Because I have no other options. Exactly. You just showed me one of them. And it was great. Yeah. Run. It was a Allendale, great run. Allendale 10 mile. Allendale. That's the, you just, like, go out there and you're like, I can only run back from here. So, it's a, I call it a lazy 10 miles. Okay, like so. like, you just get there. Getting there is half the battle. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> well, so young Drew over here is yes. doing Marine Corps in about a, a month, right? Yeah. Six weeks? Yeah, um, at the end of the month. And crushing the training. So cool. you guys have some, yeah. some do's and don'ts for him? Yeah, please. Yeah. Um, listen to Coach Lou over there. Um, <laughs> That's true. No, but honestly, just like stick to the training and like, I, I think now is about the time when you start to think over everything and kind of get in your head a lot. And it's, it's a lot of just kind of fighting that and trusting the training, trusting it's working and backing off when it's time to back off. Like definitely a few weeks out, pays in the barn. Um, so recovery is important when it gets to that point. Sure. I like that. Yeah, I would say um, tra- your block of training is never gonna go perfectly. Like there's no way everything in your life can go completely perfectly for like 12 weeks or 10 weeks or whatever. Um, so when you're like looking back on your training, it's really easy to doubt yourself going into the race and just accepting that like having a bad week is actually part of the whole process um, is, can be a little bit reassuring. Just like everybody's had a week where they're, they missed their workout, they had to cut their long run short and it was a total bust. Um, but it actually like in the grand scheme of things won't really affect the outcome of the race. Oh, I feel so smart because I literally just said that to Drew before we started. It's been kind of a mad week. Yeah. That's part yeah, of it. Yeah, I want to touch on that it too. Is. Like, yeah. I don't know if I'm just really bad at tapering or it's my body's way of saying, like, all right, we're done with the hard training, but I always feel just wildly awful that, like, first week of the taper. Like, can't do even the easy workouts I'm supposed to or, like, tired all the time, but then, like, uh, like if the week of the race everything clicked and felt better so yeah definitely don't doubt it don't doubt the training or your fitness or anything if you go through those periods mm-hmm. much appreciated fam yeah. well yeah. now that you have all like the smart advice yeah I have give me some well, dumb advice well one of my dumb. one of my favorite <laughs> questions that I've been asking guests lately is the self-inflicted wound which is like I, I think is a as much a part of running if anything else it's like but it does not I will say it doesn't have to be running related specifically, but like, when have you done something that like, you really just like, you were an idiot, it was entirely your own fault, you screwed yourself over, and like, it just like, everything went wrong, and it was totally avoidable. That's the the beauty of the self-inflicted wound. Ooh, that is a good one. So I have one that's not running related, but definitely stands out as my biggest injury. Um, When I was 19... I was working a summer job doing landscaping because clearly when you look at me, you think, yeah, manual labor. That's great. can chop down a tree. Yeah, for sure. If needed. Hauling whatever you need. Yeah. Hay's in the barn. (laughs) (laughs) I put the hay in the barn. Yeah, you put the hay in the barn. So I was, um, you know, using a gas-powered hedge trimmer as one does. Sure. Uh, It's got these two blades with these little teeth and, you know, they go back and forth and I was... Wearing shorts, obviously, because why would you wear protective clothing? (laughs) Cutting kind of low to the ground. And I stood up, and it kicked back into my leg and sliced my thigh open. (laughs) (laughs) And I kind of looked at it, and I was like, okay, this is is interesting. And, like, there was – I was 19. The only other person with me was a 17-year-old. And we were like, cool, cool, cool. Um, You know, it'll be fine. Uh, ended up calling the fire department. We were on an island, so we took a boat. Oh, I had to get 15 <laughs> stitches in my leg, and I now have a scar that looks either like a shark bite or like Charlie Brown's T-shirt with the, zi- with the zigzags. <laughs> oh, ooh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Depending on which crowd you're in, I imagine. Do you ever, like, yeah. 
say that is why. Like if someone asks, do you ever say it's I got attacked by a shark. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. 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 Charlie Brown yeah. branded me after I left the cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was like, okay. after I said this bitch like, is never Yeah, I pulled the football away and he yeah. <laughs> you, should, you should see what I did to the shark. That's yeah, there you go. There you go. Oh, so, yeah, okay. I was I was definitely worried I would never be able to run again. There was a brief moment where I was like, I'm going to lose my leg. And then I got to the hospital, and they were like, this is fine. We're just going to stitch it up. There you go. Fair. Nice, nice. Uh, I, I didn't really, I was going to say some sort of dumb training thing, but that actually reminded me of dumb a, a pretty too. similar one. No, this is much, much oh, stupid. Do you have a similar story? Um, yeah, similar one. Of, I think it was, like, <laughs> freshman year of high school, and, like, uh, my church youth group went on this mission trip, and one of the days we essentially went out in the woods by ourselves, just kind of were supposed to be alone with our thoughts for the day. Um, now, to pass the time, I, I decided I was going to teach myself how to whittle, and I was going to, like, <laughs> <laughs> make something out of wood. Um, so I brought, I literally brought, like, a whittling kit, and I was going to make something nice. And then... Why'd you have a whittling kit when you didn't know how to whittle? I was going to teach myself. Okay. I had eight he, knew hours he had all this unstructured alone. time. And Jesus. just sure. nothing around me yeah. but trees. Okay. Um, and God. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> and hopefully never found it. that you'll make. Right? Um, if only. Uh, literally, like, I think the first little stroke in, just straight into my thumb. Um, looked down, and it was, yeah, it wasn't looking good. Um, now, we had a safety whistle in case anything went wrong, but I, I was not... Not uh, too too proud, I guess, to be that guy who's gotcha. you know an hour into the trip. Not a, and stuff. Um, Not a bear attack. So leg. I spent the next several hours just holding my thumb <laughs> and hoping I was okay. Um, oh, I was okay. God. It's okay, guys. I'm losing a lot of blood. Um, but I do have a cool, a very distinctive thumbprint now. So if I ever commit any big crimes, they will they will know, know very immediately. You heard it here first. <laughs> I don't necessarily conceptualize these as, like, literal wounds, but I like that you guys both were like, I have a gruesome scar. <laughs> right. My scar is better than your scar. Yeah. yeah. It's Definitely. Drew, you got any good ones for us? Uh, I have one that, that relates to two different sport. Uh, it's back in my soccer days. Right, but right before we started summer season, in my senior year, uh, we went to a college development camp at UConn and went through a whole week of doing like two or three a days, like pretty intensive stuff. And, and the whole week went off that hitch. Obviously you're sore, but nothing crazy. I get back. Uh, we drove from Connecticut all the way back to Long Island where I'm from. And we had a game that night for our high school team, like a summer league game. And I would say about 20 minutes into the game, I, blew out my ankle uh, real hard. You know, the type of one where you hear like a solid three pops. Oh, good. And The trip pop. Right. And this is the first game in front of my coaches that they've seen me play in about a year. So I was like, oh, just like sub out and then not going to show weakness. So uh, took a little break, five minutes, ten minutes, went back in, played the game on it. And... My parents like, how'd the game go? I was like, well, you're not going to take this shoe off because <laughs> my foot's like a balloon that's going to just bust as soon as we get out of the shoe. So uh, definitely went from a mild sprain to a considerable break of the ankle or a fracture uh, just by stupidity and not knowing when to back out of it. So that's that fine. would be my, my self-inflicted, quite literally self-inflicted. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're all being very literal with yeah, this. We're, yeah, we're... Yeah. Keep that in mind. I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, a non-literal one where, like, I said something stupid and, like, you know oh, you know the thing where, like, you, like, are talking... Are, like, going to talk shit about someone and then you, like, instead of texting it to the person, you text it to the person you're talking shit about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and then you, a like, daily fear for And me. you back yeah. off and you're like, wouldn't it be funny if... You know, you're like, oh, I have to... Yeah, I, I meant actually my, my other friend drew. Right, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, now that I now that we have each other's numbers, I expect this. <laughs> Drew just got into the Snapchat clan, so it's true. He's just like ready for the nudes at any moment. You gotta yeah. be, oh, you gotta be on your toes. Yeah, you never know when you're gonna get hit with them. Too well, bad you weren't on Snapchat back when the marathon was happening. You could have gotten some pole dancing snaps. From that's true. Yeah, Sadly, yeah. they were all clothed and all of them. So, but like, you know. 
They're Stand Amherst man. boys. They're soft. They're not. Oh, like, they're not man. raised tough like our Cornell guys. Okay, they got you guys. Oh, okay. No, I was kidding. <laughs> yeah, if there, if there had been nude snaps and they didn't go to me, yeah, this yeah. that that would be I'm a French offender right there. That's fair. All right. Well, we have a, our uh, game this week is uh, themed around the idea that uh, the best part. You know, we talked about marathon buildups. But the best part of a marathon, at least from my perspective, is like to be done with a marathon and to do some stupid shit because you've been done with a marathon. Send for a person um, who is yet to do man this. Knows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or just like done with the season at all. Right. Okay. Obviously, that's, yeah, that's, fair. Yeah, that's fair. You know. I just um, and just in life, you know, you need to, you need to go hard and you need to let loose. It's all about balance. Um, I wanted to title this episode, uh, I fucking love Berlin, because the last Berlin movie I watched, as I told Jeff, was <laughs> Atomic Blonde. Great movie. Charlize Theron shows her boobs. It's awesome. But right before one of the main characters dies, spoiler, spoiler alert, alert. <laughs> yeah. he says that he loves Berlin. Uh, and he goes like, I fucking love Berlin. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> um, this doesn't have to be necessarily running related. It doesn't have to be what you did in this like specific... Uh, marathon, build up, build down. Um, but I've got some like guilty pleasures here. Um, All right. We're gonna go. We'll go round table style. Take as much or as little time as you like to uh, hit us with your your guilty pleasures. So um, the first one, easy one. Like, what's your guilty pleasure? Like dessert or like junk oh. food? Like oh, man, your treat. Drew, you want to start us off? Uh, I'm a sucker for anything chocolate. So last night uh, I went out for my girlfriend's birthday and. Even before anyone ordered dessert, or if there was a possibility, I was like, well, chocolate mousse is coming this way. <laughs> so that, that would say that's pretty solid. Chocolate that's mousse. Chocolate yeah. mousse. Yeah. Um, I have a huge sweet tooth, so I can't actually just choose one. Uh, one is coffee Oreo ice cream from J.P. Licks. is Ooh, the best coffee one. Oreo ice cream. Technically called coffees, cookies, and cream for some copyright issues. The second <laughs> is... Has anyone ever been to the Whole Foods bulk candy section where you get a bag and a scoop and there's like so much candy? I've been to the Wegmans one. Not the that, that was probably better, but what I do you get from it though? Like, if you get candy corn from it, like, this conversation could end. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, it's oh, mostly chocolate covered almonds. Oh, okay. Dark and go. milk. Um, <clears throat> dark chocolate covered peanuts. Okay. Chocolate malt balls and gummy fish. Off-brand Swedish fish. Before we go Interesting. on, okay. candy corn. Good. I was, I was about to ask. Yeah. yeah, definitely good. Big candy corn guy. I, I like candy corn. I, it's not like my favorite thing ever, but like if it's there, I'll munch on it. I mean, it's not the guilty pleasure dessert, yeah. but pretty solid anti. I think it's candle wax. It is, but it's tasty like candle wax. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, candy corn, delicious. Candy pumpkins, disgusting. Delicious. No, that's the best part of candy corn. The candy corn pumpkins? Oh, I love those. They're, yeah. Oh, when it's not corn? Yeah, when it's not corn. I do like the candy corn with the chocolate ends. Those are, like, usually better than the... It, like, mixes oh, it up a little bit. I don't know. No, I don't think so, man. <laughs> My take on the, the pumpkins, though, is... Uh, like, when you're eating a candy corn, it gets better as you go down the colors, you know? You get to the orange, like, the really thick part. It's great. That's just the whole pumpkin. Jeffrey? I don't think it's different. I think flavor. it's all. Yeah. This is like a Skittles test. Is there like individual yeah, handcrafted candy No, corn? Okay. Jeff is just a size queen, and we all know it. Like, <laughs> yeah, when you eat the little friends. white tip, that is not the same experience as eating like the bottom of it. So, yeah, you I gotta go like, all the way down to the I'm base just gonna, I'm gonna to get out now here. the full amount of pleasure. I get it. So, anyway. What's your guilty pleasure dessert? I'll make up for it here. Anything with pumpkin has my heart. Um, if they ever make pumpkin candy corn, oh. Um, but <laughs> but you mean pumpkin anyone, flavored. Not yes. Pump, not oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. But if anyone has not tried Trader Joe's pumpkin ice cream, highly recommend. It's it's incredible. Okay. Yeah. So that's I, gonna be mine. I will say, you know, what's an underrated aspect of the pumpkin phenomenon. Little salted pumpkin seeds. You ever do that? You carve a pumpkin. You take the seeds. You like get all the gook out of the way. You like just like throw like some sea salt on them. And you just throw them in the oven for like ten minutes. So wow. good. Super okay. delicious. Yeah. Pro tip right there. Um, my guilty pleasures are. I feel like I'm a renowned sweet tooth, but like my thing that like if I ever see it, I can't resist it. And you'll know this because we were at the Red Sox game when this happened, which is that like if cotton candy is ever in like a ten mile radius of me, I'm like. I need some cotton candy right now. Okay. Like, and there's something about it where I'm just like, it's so gross. It's like sticky. It's for children. It's like, but it's so good. There's no I, good way to eat that. 
There's only good ways to eat it. <laughs> By the fist. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, your your fave trash TV show. Ooh, this is a recent endeavor for me. Uh, my favorite trash TV show has been Hunting Hitler. Uh, the reason... Please go into great detail. The reason why it's my favorite trash TV show is I get that there's... Like, I, wa- I started watching it for the historical significance and learning more about this. But is it a documentary? So it's a docu-series, if okay. you will, David. And uh, so there are... And by... The reason why I make that distinction is I've poured hours into this show in a way that is really not healthy. I'm just and picturing Inglorious Bastards. Is that what it is? Uh, I mean, they do have some military personnel, but I think the reason why it is... Uh, so essentially, right, for all those who haven't uh, seen the show, they're trying to you know, trace Hitler's escape to South America and track down you know, his journey there. Uh, there's, I would say, a fair amount of people on this team who still think that he is walking around and living at this moment, which I'm like, okay. But the, the reason why it's trash, in my opinion, besides is, that. It, it is, yeah, besides <laughs> that, is it's fairly scripted in a sense where it's like, all right, so we just, quote, found this file that, quote, blows the lid off of it, and then everyone's giving very, you know, and action. Oh my good! You know, like they're they're very very surprised, but it feels very staged. I'm like, you knew about this. That's kind of yeah. fun, though. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. In a, in I a, will say, don't yeah. believe Hitler is alive. Keeps around. If for no other reason than he would have to be very old. Yeah. Tupac definitely alive. Yeah, it's fair. I would <laughs> yeah. watch. I would watch Finding Tupac, but you yeah. know, I, I don't know if the History Channel would pick that up. But that's my story. <laughs> Emma. Um, the Bachelorette, definitely not a fan oh, of the Bachelor. Right. Big fan of the Bachelorette. Naturally. Yeah. Yeah. No further comment. Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, you should know. Short and sweet. <laughs> Rachel Lindsay. I know her name. That's all, that's yeah. all I know. Caitlin yeah. Bristow. She was another good bachelorette. Jeff? Um, I'm going to adapt a little bit. It's fantastic TV show, but I'll, I'll count it because it just gives me trash habits all around. Is The Office. I just watch it on repeat. And like the amount of hours, days that I've just poured into that show is pretty pretty trash. Um so those, those twenty-two minuteers are tough. We were watching yeah. the office literally last night, yeah. and like it's so easy to just be like, all right, one more. Yeah, and then you get to the third time around Netflix asking you, are you still watching? And you're still hitting yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know it's trash. <laughs> I will say my recurring trash TV show that I love to hate to love is Riverdale. It's so good. Someone gets murdered like every episode. It's all like thirty-year-olds playing teenagers. It's a great show, um, but also. Very recently, and by that I mean last weekend, we discovered the phenomenon that is Love Island. Oh, I've heard about this. What it's amazing. This? Oh. It's not Bachelor in Paradise. It's basically oh. Bachelor in Paradise, oh. but with like trash British people. Yes. To the extent where like and the expectation of sex. Yeah. Well, everyone has to sleep in this in like the same beds every night. Like they like there's like coupling involved, and you have to sleep with your couple in the bed, yeah. but everyone sleeps That's in beds in one part. big wow. room where they match up. Yeah, it's a lot. It's also one of those shows where, like, you literally kind of have to watch it with subtitles on, even though everybody is speaking English, because <laughs> their accents are so incomprehensible. Highly recommend. Uh, trash movie. Ooh, a trash movie for me has and always will be across the universe. The, uh, the remake of... <laughs> yeah, and it, it is a hand-to-the-heart uh, movie in the sense that... Because uh, everyone everyone loves a bastardized version of, of whatever Beatles song that was probably left better alone. But, you know, Eddie Izzard needs to do something in a top hat. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of where where I'm at with that one. If you haven't seen it, uh, it's like how you visually explain drug-used teenagers. Sure. All right. While yes. keeping it PG. Yeah. While keeping it yeah, PG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, my trash movie would be the whole Fast and the Furious franchise. Oh, yes. Uh, I knew we were meant to be best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My first date was... With Vin Diesel. I went. Um, I have a tangent to that, but my first date was uh, to see Too Fast, Too Furious in theaters with my boyfriend who was shorter than me in sixth grade. Um... 
Obviously, they have only gotten better since then. Yeah. And also, did he get taller eventually? I, <laughs> With the maybe. movies? Okay. I did too, so. John, Johnny's <laughs> favorite joke is the Too Fast, Too Furious because there's a significant boat chase scene. Oh. Should instead of being called that, should be called the buoyant and the boisterous. But, <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, they just keep getting better. They're, it's true. They really just pander. Like, the whole thing is just pandering. There's, like, bikini butts in the opening shots. There's, like, ridiculous cars. So, There's... Getting better, does that just mean more of that? Or what's yeah. making them more? What's making them more. more, it's just more, more less more, believable, yeah. one more defined per opening season. Nice. Like, I'm pretty sure the next movie, The Rock is just gonna turn and wink at the camera. In fast, and yeah. fast Five, He's The gonna Rock shows up wall. and it gets amazing. Like, he has the, some really good lines. The Rock's also like, he's their enemy, but then he becomes their friend, and then Jason Statham's their enemy, but then he becomes their friend. <laughs> I've so you know that the new the new movie is a spin-off and it's, it's the just Rock Jason and Jason Statham, Statham and the Rock. Yeah. Sadly because Vin Diesel is amazing. And Paul Walker died. Yeah. But like Vin Diesel is the core of the bad acting wonderment that is the fast. I've tried to get my roommates <laughs> yeah. so into this. We watched this all in college. But. So okay, so my tangent is that have you ever watched videos of Vin Diesel doing karaoke? Oh yeah. He, he sings Rihanna all the <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Stay by Rihanna. Yeah, Does he do crazy in love? I think he does. Ooh, yeah. I haven't seen that one. Is this wow. is, is he inebriated during these oh, performances? Sure. I don't know. I think he just has a lot of feelings. It just yeah. feels like a cruise ship performance that's on dry land. And it's therefore like very I choose to not It's watch. just him. <laughs> for, if you haven't seen these, Jeff, I, I need it's to. It's literally just well. it's just him in his house. Yeah, like just recording oh, himself. Good. It's like if you're like a 13 year old or you record yourself singing like videos like that, that, but it's Vin Diesel. Right, <laughs> and, and his uh, voice is incredibly right. low. He's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, and also these are not short videos. I just want to let you oh, know. Yeah, oh, they're yeah. not short. three, four minutes long. He was like, "Hey, we're gonna run this back and, and <laughs> yeah. CC Island Def Jam." Yeah. Wow, sold. Yeah. Oh my god, we need to move on because I will talk about okay. Fast okay. for right. the next okay. thirty minutes. Um, keep it short and sweet. Pitch perfect. Fantastic. Ooh, great Watch pick. it all the time. Great pick. Yeah, I would say that's not even going. a guilty, pl- guilty pleasure. I think it's just it's just phenomenal. Yeah, you're well supported in that. Okay, good, good. Good squad. Uh, my like favorite bad movie is Mr. and Mrs. Smith with Brad Pitt <laughs> Ooh, and Angelina Jolie. Okay, <laughs> so bad, but I've seen it so many times. What What about that movie? Really it's just makes like everything out? you need. It's like quips and action, and it's bad. And but they're enjoying. They're everyone clearly is like putting in like maybe fifty percent effort and having a great time doing it. It's a great movie. The check cleared. Just support that. Yeah, they're mailing yeah. it. Yeah. It's also one of those movies where, like, if once you've seen it once, you can, like, turn it on and turn it off at any time, and it, like, doesn't really matter because, like, the plot doesn't really matter. Um, so it's good to just kind of, like, have on in the background. All right. Uh, bad Habit? I get nervous and I chip my nails. It's disgusting. Mm. I try to gather them and throw them out like a regular person, but it makes me look more like a serial killer. But let's move on. <laughs> Uh, same. same. <laughs> oh yeah, you're like sitting on the couch, and then you have this like pile of fingernails. Right, on your leg, right, because you're, you're like, like, well, I don't want anyone to find this later. So yeah, you just scraping it, it in your hands. Like, yeah, yeah. You put it on your like you put it on yourself, and people are like, oh, what are you doing with that? Yeah, like, saving it for later. Yeah. yeah. My other wow. bad habit is just staying up way too late on, late on Twitter and just like because you can scroll yeah. forever. Going going the black holes, vegan yeah. cats. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and then you just get mad or yeah, it's real. Uh, Biting your nails right now? Yeah. <laughs> nice pile on my leg right here. Uh, no, I, I do not make piles of nails on my legs, but I'll go running related here. Um, I think I'm getting better at this, but I definitely still have trouble backing off sometimes when when needed. When I'm like I'm in a, a cycle of doing well and like hitting workouts well, I think I get in the habit of like wanting to keep that going. When sometimes backing off is more. So yeah. I also bite my nails. I also literally sleep with my phone next to my head. I'm pretty sure it's giving me cancer. Um, but to go running related, I'm a really bad half-stepper, which is like, I don't want to... True. Like, <laughs> well, because what it is, is like, I know, I know that I'm doing it, but what it always ends up being is that I don't want to be the one slowing down the run. And so, like, I then inevitably start speeding up the run because I don't want to be the one, like, holding anyone back. It's bad. Anyone who's running me can attest to this fact. <laughs> Um, t- t- favorite part of training to skip. Well, since my coach is in the room, I'm gonna just objectively say nothing. I don't nothing. skip I anything do at all. <laughs> I'm looking at him right now. Uh, so the one thing that I tend to do poorly in training is after a workout during a cool down, 
not really taking it as a cooldown, kind of just cruising. And I think that's kind of skipping the cooldown just by maybe, like, hammering that time a little bit too hard for what it's intended to complete. Keep the average pace down. Yeah. <laughs> just about Strava Do it for the Strava. Strava. Yeah, do it for the Strava data. Strava. Um, sorry, I just took a sip of my drink and had to swallow that. Uh, <laughs> nothing too surprising, just, like, I always am convinced I'm going to get better about, like, doing core or, like, this spring Ooh. I decided to learn how to lift weights and now I can lift, like, you know, 80 pounds on the, you know, deadlift, which is, you know, not great. Um, I can't do much more. And, and, I do, <laughs> yeah. and I do it for, like, two or three weeks and then I just completely lose interest and I'm like, you know, whatever. So yeah. really doing anything that's other than running. I'll back you up there. We're, like, um, that's always the first thing to go, like, when, when training gets serious and like the miles start to pack like start to to get higher um is that the that supplementary stuff is always the first to go for me so but, if you fucking say um, core i'm gonna murder you no i, I do i'm on Jeff top has of the usually. best abs of anyone i've ever <laughs> seen in the Thank world um, <laughs> it's really annoying yeah i can't what's your strategy for you guys sti- like still doing core um, genetics Oh, that's <laughs> that could be. A I do. I, I don't know. I like core workouts, but um, I kept a shirt on and a picture with him for that reason. Just so you know, <laughs> context. Um. Anyway, um, I, I will say that I, I'm pretty bad at stretching. Like I always, when I'm mid run, I always say when I get back, I'm gonna be really good about stretching. Take ten minutes to like really recover. I always just sit down on the couch and it's game over there. So I think I kind of dig myself into holes sometimes there, um, and usually wake up pretty stiff because of it, so, yeah. Yeah, I definitely uh, am really bad at core. Um, I, I'm okay. I will say I, I really should do hip mobility drills, and I never do. Sorry, Zeb, who is a listener to the podcast. <laughs> that is what I should be better at, but core also in general. Um, and favorite cocktail. Let's, let's finish off with that one. Uh... I think one of my favorite cocktails I've ever had was a bougie cocktail, and I recognize that. So it's a once in a blue moon. Uh, it had <laughs> it's a blue moon. It's a blue it's a moon. moon. <laughs> it's a blue moon. And then put that put With that two orange, orange slices. Yeah, there you go. spice it up. Uh, it was it involved Japanese whiskey, matcha, and egg cream. Wow. It was extravagant and smooth, and it was in LA. That's interesting. So I don't know I, if I would like that. Yeah, maybe yeah, one of those lot. things is like... I'm not a big dairy and alcohol person. I think those... That's I fair. like dairy and I like alcohol, but I don't not together. like them together. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Emma? Um, this I, beer. Beer. <laughs> beer. Um, anything with champagne in it. I love a good, like, elderflower liqueur Ooh. champagne lemon Ooh. situation. Um, that a couple good. years ago on my birthday, I was like, I'm, I'm 25. I'm only drinking champagne from now on, which... That night didn't end well, but I did discover I really like champagne and cocktails. So. Oh, nice. That's good. <laughs> you know, I was going to say, I feel like uh, I'm only drinking champagne from now on. It's, it's not a, like a mature thought to have. <laughs> 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 I thought it sounded classy. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I feel like I definitely used to like, in college, like have nights where I was like, I'm just going to drink this bottle of Andre right. and be like, I'm the most hungover. Yeah, because yeah. strawberry oh, yeah. Andre is delicious. Yeah. Okay, it's so full good. Of sugar. Like, strawberry Andre good, but and yeah. peach Andre. I'm allergic to peaches, but there's not enough actual peach in peach Andre for it to matter. Uh, Jeff? <laughs> Probably zero. <laughs> um, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm getting into, uh, so I'm going to seem like a man here and say I'm getting pretty into like whiskey and whiskey um, variants so I, I really like an old fashioned good old fashioned <laughs> yeah. whiskey neat no old fashioned nice and fruity a lot of cherries and stuff in there specifically I'll get you excited uh, to go back to Swarthmore there's a there's a spot around there that makes a really nice old fashioned I don't I'm not a whiskey person, but if I was, I feel like I would like old fashions yeah. or like Manhattan's. Be. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. I will say, as much as I am a sweet tooth, the one that I really like that like people never expect me to is Negronis. Ooh, the, yeah. Like a good Negroni, just like nice and bitter. That Campari, like blood red, it's good. Mm. I'm all about it. Mm-hmm. All right, well let's finish off with uh, the the big three questions. Uh, we ask the same questions of our guests uh, every episode. 
Um, so people should know by now, unless this is their first episode, at which point, welcome aboard. Um, the first one is your Instagram crush. It doesn't have to be, like, a literal crush, like someone you think is cute, but, like, just, like, something that you're feeling on the gram, on social media. What are you into? Uh, right now, I'm feeling a cycling club slash community that we got acquainted with when we were in Melbourne. They're called Northside Locals, and that's how you can find them. Uh, it's essentially a melding of two clubs, but what I like about them is the aesthetics. It's led by uh, a guy in his 50s who's admittedly very grumpy, and then somebody who is objectively pleasant, so they balance each other very well. But the aesthetics of it is just polka dots, stripes, and a lot of cycling, and I like that. Love it. Nice. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, I follow a lot of corgis on Instagram, so I can recommend Pokey the Corgi. And I recently met um, Benji the Blue Corgi, who's actually a local. He's like 12 weeks old. He has blue eyes. He's very cute. Oh. Yeah. That's what I mean, like the blue thing. Yeah. 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 So I would love That's to nice. blow up Benji's Instagram because wow. he deserves right. a lot of followers. We'll throw him the follow. Yeah. Um, I will. I'm going to plug one of my friends here, but it truly is, like, my favorite Instagram account. Uh, Me. Crowded Kitchen. You're welcome. David. <laughs> uh, no, Crowded Kitchen. It's it's my wonderful friend from college, uh, Lexi, and she runs it with her mom. And the whole idea is they create food for a lot of different dietary restrictions because they come from a big family with a lot of dietary restrictions. But they do it all. You get a lot of variety. You get smoothies. You get desserts. You get any sort of um, bowl or anything, but a lot of a lot of vibrant colors, beautiful displays, highly recommend. I can confirm that you've talked about them separately from the podcast. Oh, oh so yeah. It's not oh, just, yeah. uh, you know, favor. I'm going to actually go a different direction with this because I have said many Instagram crushes. My Instagram anti-crush, the thing that I'm hating on currently, is the phrase, excited to announce. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Don't ever start a post, I'm excited to announce. Because what inevitably follows is just the like the most shameless, obnoxious self promotion ever. Who are you? Who are you announcing to? <laughs> who is your fan base? Unless you're like literally LeBron James, like you don't need to announce anything to anything. Right. Just say if you want to say something, just fucking say it. I'm running this race. I joined this team. Yeah. This is great. But like excited to announce or something about just the inane phrase that just like makes like it's like fingernails on a chalkboard to me. So I'm putting the word out. <laughs> Killing excited to announce. We can unpack that in a completely separate podcast. Yeah, I could in go on for hours. Detail. I have gone wow. on for hours. All right. Um, your go-to karaoke song. I used to be an R. Kelly guy before, like, he's canceled Oh, now. we canceled him. Yeah, yeah, we canceled him. Like, I used to be, uh, yeah, I used to be an Ignition Remix guy, but obviously, like, no, not now. Uh, we canceled him. But that song is so it is, but, you know, I'm not going to be the one to revive it, you know? Yeah. I'm not mad if it's on, but at the same time, I'm not going to be yeah. the one to click, you know? Uh, with that being said, I move in a Frank Ocean move okay. right now, because I shower saying Frank Ocean a lot, uh, poorly, but loud, <laughs> so let everyone know. That's, you always see a good karaoke is poorly but loud. But the yeah. problem with Frank Ocean is I'm not trying to bed anybody there, right? So it, the issue there is he's really a sensual artist, so who, who is my target audience? Your you girlfriend know. that you live with? Yeah, you hope <laughs> you really hope she's in attendance and like yeah. you know. So that's that's probably the key to it. You know, you don't do karaoke unless she's there. Then yeah. it's Frank Ocean totally. or nothing. That's fair. Yeah, right. Emma. Um, definitely anything by Katy Perry. Um, I don't even like Katy Perry that much. It's just her songs are like very fun to sing. Yeah, that's in true. public. Yeah. Um, and the range is like pretty reasonable, and. This, this is an old run-your-mouth debate. Hot and Cold or Teenage Dream? What's the better song? Teenage Dream. Yes, that's yeah. the correct answer. Back there, yeah. Yeah. Um, but Firework obviously beats oh, Teenage Oh, number Dream. one. I don't know about that, but go on. <laughs> um, I but I was at a wedding recently and uh, rediscovered that I know all of the words to Wanna Be by Spice Girls, so also that song. Great song. <laughs> Ooh, throwback. Jeff? Um, well, let me tell you, David, I'm excited to announce that I'm newly into the karaoke scene here. <laughs> um, yes, I'm excited to announce my yeah. plans for it. <laughs> Sorry. 
Um, yeah, I, I was just never that into it, but but recently I've been finding my groove there. Um, that's probably because you usually have a good duet part. Oh, I will. Yeah, that's that's where we're going here. Is that um, David and I will? I think we have the makings of a lovely duet of "You Belong with Me." We've we've attempted it before, and I think it didn't we've showed great. a lot of potential. Yeah. But <laughs> there's some practicing to be done. Probably in the uh, yeah. Yeah. That vocal range, but but I think the passion was there, and and like all karaoke, that's what counts. Yeah, um, I'm gonna, just gonna co-sign that. You belong with me. Boom. Duet with Jeff. Good. Um, and last but not least, your death row meal. Ooh, mom's chicken parm, dairy and all. Love it. Let's have a terrible stomach after. It doesn't it's matter. It's not gonna matter. Right. There's yeah. no after, right? Yeah, that's right. Good. Um, anything on the menu at Sarma, which is just my favorite restaurant in Somerville, and. Then all of the Christmas cookies my mom makes as dessert. Oh, yeah. Mama theme here. Um, I'm going with my mom's mac and... Oh, split plate here. My mom's mac and cheese. And on the other side, the the homemade enchiladas we'd make. Um, Both fantastic. And then for dessert, little Trader Joe's pumpkin ice cream. Oh, I didn't know you had a three-course meal. Oh, yeah. This is my last meal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If we're going to the mom theme, uh, my mom is... uh, Everyone's mom thinks they are, but my mom actually is the best brownie baker on the planet. My mom will let you have that. She's telling me that. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, mom. Uh, It was actually renowned when I was, like, in, like, middle and high school. Like, you know, do you guys have team dinners for, like, your teams and stuff? Oh, yeah. yeah. People would always be like, your mom's making brownies, right? I'm like, oh, yeah, she's making brownies. (laughs) So... That was always uh, a hit, remains a hit. I've made that recipe before. It never turns out quite as good. I don't know why. Nice touch. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for being here on this, this lovely late evening. Um, congratulations to both of you on your PRs. Many thank more you. to come. We appreciate uh, your, your sharing your wisdom with us because we're going to need it going forward when we move to the big distances. Um, Indeed. But uh, until next time, this has been Run Your Mouth. Short.